everybody, it's Michael Martin. How are you today? Happy Friday. So, you know, I was thinking about something. And can you smell the wood burning? Anyway, um, you know, you can go to school on yourself on so many of these things here. Especially as it relates to, like, your goal setting and what it is that you want, right? So if you go by the, the ethos of having, you know, thoughts and goals feelings and then actions, actions being your behavior, behavior predicting where you end up in life, you need to be connected to your goals on an emotional level. If not, you'll pretty much be passionless. What's a goal? Well, it's not getting a new Bloomberg. It's not getting eight monitors. It's probably not getting the iPhone 12 or a Tesla. Those are tasks, right? Goals, you want them to be kind of associated to a process, a process that can get you the results that you want. If you want like a Rolex or a pair of Berluti custom-made shoes, that kind of stuff, that's all great. But ultimately, most people think of objects. Those objects to me will come if you have a goal that is a process, like accumulating funds or as a result of a great trading process. So, um, you know, I started thinking about regrets. Regrets, there's going to be a lot of regret. Because there are going to be those folks who made predictions about who's going to win in all the different elections that we have coming up. And then they're going to have regrets from being so vocal, right? Because uh, most of that stuff then becomes kind of empty. So you can anticipate what feelings you're going to feel and associate, the, associate them with various types of behavior. So, for example, you want to be cavalier. Okay, perfect. That's when the coin comes up heads. What's on the other side of that? Probably regret. Especially if you go and go out into the marketplace and you share stuff on social media about trades that you're in, but then you don't put in your protective stops, right? Because then it trades through where you should have been, now you're like, man, I don't want to do that. I just told everybody I was in the position. Heck, even if you didn't tell everybody, you just did all this work. You're in the position. It worked against you. And now you're losing money. And so I always said, I think I wrote about this in the book too, like if you're not willing to embrace that feeling of frustration in the short term because your stop gets hit, that's like a precursor. It's an appetizer to a bigger feeling that's probably even worse, like despondency or humiliation, right? So if you want to hang it out in public about all the big stuff that you're doing, that's great. But ultimately, you don't want to become the person who's only pumping there, winning trades through, and not the losers. Frankly, I find sharing those things completely useless, right? Because it doesn't talk about system. It talks about what? It talks about the result of a process. So it's, but it's much better to talk about a process, specific process too, not these general rules about here are six bullish chart patterns. I know all the amateurs and the retail crowd like that stuff, but if you're running eight, nine, 10 figures, you know, there's no use for that for what you do. So you can almost anticipate regret or humiliation and say, okay, well, I know what that feels like. I've felt that way in other parts of my life. I know I have. And here's what would happen. Here's how I would feel if I had, you know, 10,000 shares at Disney or something and I didn't move my inventory when it came time to puke it out. 
Now I got to look the client in the eye. I got to look at my own P&L. It set me back, and now I got to, you know, dig deeper. And then what happens? Does your behavior change? Well, if you don't have a plan, it probably does. If you have a plan, you're just going to take the next trade as one would. So you can anticipate what you would feel if you didn't do what you were supposed to do and then work backwards and say, okay, I am much more willing to accept the short-term frustration that is required for me to follow a systematized set of rules to take consistent small losses, right? Systematic attrition of your capital in order to be there for the bigger winners that are going to pay for all the slippage and skid and the costs and the losses and then some so that you have trading profits, right? And then you get to feel the good feelings, right? So think of those feelings as perfect compliments. The frustration that you feel in the short term from taking small consistent losses that, yes, they're a pain in the ass. But if you don't do it, you'll take much bigger losses because you're overthinking things at exactly the wrong moment. This is one of those times that they speak about when you think about overthink things right at that moment when you should be taking action. Now you're starting to negotiate with yourself. Right? It's like that first time you, you jumped off the 20-foot diving board. It's going to hurt either way, so just do it. Don't overthink it. Just jump. Right, It'll be easier the second time. At least that's what I did. It might be a little bit of a tool. right? Um, I don't know what it's called psychologically. I don't think anyone cares because <laughs> those the names of whatever it is are, are not typically helpful to people other than the professionals who know what the damn thing means anyway. So... Um, process those feelings right now. Think about it, meditate it, and see if you can't get a better hold on your process because you can you can anticipate what those feelings are going to be if you don't do what you're supposed to do, right? Now, it is possible that you don't have that problem, in which case this whole episode's been a waste of time for you, but you can probably do it with other parts of your life. Maybe the trading stuff is easier, but the personal relationship is not. Um, either way, you can kind of foresee into the future and look at certain behaviors. The other thing that I had to learn in a way that I'm almost embarrassed to say is that ex expectations. It wasn't until I was well into adulthood that I stopped having expectations of things and other people. And someone pretty bright, who, um, if you're in the trading world, you definitely know his name, said something to me that I found very remarkable and I thought it to be largely true and that is expectations have built-in disappointments and this also comes back to trading if you think you know that Tesla's going to a thousand well sure maybe it can but what happens if it goes to 250 first that's the part that people don't think about so you have to process those feelings what makes you so sure right we're coming through election season and everyone seems so cocksure about what the hell there is they're talking about and I'm like my goodness why aren't these people talking about stocks and speculating and futures and Bitcoin and levering and selling all their hard assets, turning it into cash, throwing it in a margin account and trading 40 to 1 like Lehman Brothers did to make, you know, 80, 90 million bucks and then retire? Why are they talking on TV about election outcomes when at the end of the day, who cares? Right? No one cares about opinions. And it's interesting stuff, but my goodness, what a gigantic waste of time. If you can't put it into a trading model, it doesn't really help you. Now, I understand there was a, a movie, it's a documentary, it's called The Social Dilemma. You find out that a lot of these things are for the dopamine hits that it gives the people, especially if they're spouting at the mouth anonymously. 
So again, it comes back to trading with these people, like who are the analyst types, you know, their currency is their opinion. So they have to have them, right? It doesn't mean that it's just because they have an opinion on something that you're covering. It doesn't make it that much more special because it happens to be a ticker that's on your board. It's random. And they have to have currency. If they don't have currency of an opinion, then they're worthless. What the hell are they doing? They're supposed to write reports and then support them on TV. That's the business model. So it shouldn't come as a shock to you that someone's talking their book or coming up with their ideas. What else are they supposed to do? And I think the more you can, you can condition yourself to let go of that and turn the TV off, the better you're going to be, right? Because people with real money are not watching TV for trade ideas. It's not how it works. It's totally a retail solution for people who can't do their own homework and they kind of keep you addicted to kind of like giving you fish as opposed to teaching you how to fish, right? So anyway, that's a lot of our ethos and our paradigm on how we work over here. Uh, if you'd like to learn more, you hit me up by email. In the meantime, if you'd like a free copy of the Inner Voice of Trading audiobook, you go to Martin Chronicle, top right corner, help yourself. I wish you a good weekend. I'll talk to you Monday.